was just about to say, it's hard to believe that you've done this before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave that in. I'm going to leave that in. I, I promise I'm going to leave that in. <laughs> Hello, folks, and welcome to Brown and Out. Today, we're talking to Alana Bethany Cadence. How's it going, Alana? It's going good. Good, good. I'm glad to hear that. So, what are a few things that folks should know about you? Well, they should know that I am um, I do a lot. Um, keep myself busy. I'm a composer of sorts, um, music specifically, and writing. Um, I haven't done a lot of writing recently, like stories and novels, because those are really time-consuming, and I keep coming up with too many ideas to keep track of. <laughs> and So short stories, then? I was actually thinking of starting to turn a lot of these smaller ideas into a short story. Cool. It's a new thing I was thinking of, but I haven't visited that in a while. That's awesome. And how about music? Music, I compose a lot. Um, I've been composing since I was, I think, nine or ten years old. I was in fourth grade, so however old I was then. <laughs> <laughs> so writing songs? Mm-hmm. Is there a particular genre you would say that you uh, ascribe um, to? No, there isn't. I think that's that's. I think that's the hard part about mar- marketing this because it doesn't doesn't fully classify a singer songwriter because it's not doesn't have that folk guitar sound or the like the piano that you would often hear. You have elements of pop, mm-hmm. elements of classical, elements of R and B in the like the song stuff. So like it. Because I listen to so many different types of music. Also, even elements of country. Oh. Like, I have this one song that's very classical technique, but it's got that... Sounds very, like, country or blue guy. I don't know. So I take inspiration from whatever I can and whatever works for the song. I found out that if I work outside of genre, then the song just can blossom. Yeah, like not being beholden to one specific style. Yeah. Um, so are you releasing something soon? Something we can um, be watching out for? Um, I am working on an album. I don't know which... I've decided which... I actually have decided which album, album it's going to be. Um, but what I haven't dis- discovered or planned yet is when it's going to be released. Um, However, there is a concert in the works. Oh, okay, cool. It's me. um, And and it's going to have the backing tracks, which I made myself because it's my first concert and I can't afford to hire musicians. And my best friend who's, or one of my best friends, is not going to be in town to play it. So um, that concert is on... August 17th oh, awesome. this year 2018 yeah and um, where is it going to be oh it's going to be at the um, First Congregational Church in Burlington Vermont alright what time do you know yet 
eight o'clock. Okay, great. That's awesome. So you you enjoy like playing music live? Yes. Yeah. I actually prefer live than recording. I think that's why I like neglect my recording responsibilities so often. <laughs> but it it should be fun. Well, you're an artist, so you know you're on your own timetable. And these days, no one has release dates like Beyonce and things of that. Like the biggest stars, they just kind of drop albums when they want to, you know. And without warning. Well, good the release date, but it'd be like in a couple months away. <laughs> what? Well, sometimes they'll give you a release date, but it won't. They'll won't tell you until like a month or two before it comes out. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, like. Uh, um, Ariana Grande's album is coming out soon, but I don't remember seeing the date for it. Keeping us in suspense. <laughs> it's like, are you waiting to advertise your album or are you waiting to finish it? <laughs> in my situation, I'm waiting to finish it. <laughs> and like, I'm just going to be a perfectionist, but not so much that you don't get anything done. That's what re-releases are for and like um, redoing his songs. Some songs I've had to do over and over and over again because I just lost them. Like, I've been running songs since elementary school. Lost quite a few, actually. Just, it happens. They weren't all winners, but some of them were. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, so um, how do you categorize, I mean, sorry, not categorize, catalog all of the um, like different musical ideas you have and recordings you have what do you how do you do it well i have too many storage systems <laughs> so that is my problem uh-huh. but it's also i also have access to all of them so the problem is just how fast can i find it mm-hmm. as opposed to can i find it mm-hmm. what other things um are of interest to you lately i'm a gamer Oh, okay. Let's talk about like that. Like a femme gamer. Like, a lot of gamers are, like, punk or, like... Like, they'll have this, like, very signature gamer appearance. Mm-hmm. And me, like any other place in my life, I'm usually one to not follow the crowd. <laughs> so, I um, wear my dresses. Or one, one time, I actually wore a cape and my Harry Potter wand to... Um, a magic tournament. Oh, it was nice. a pre-release um, night for the Corn 2018 set. And I went there. And um, it was... I'm still within the first month or two of getting back to magic. Mm-hmm. So it's not surprising that I... I, um, I um, Let's just say that I didn't win as often as I would have liked to. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was still fun because I got to... Um, the times I lost, I was able to learn. <laughs> but more importantly, at least I didn't waste my money and I had fun. But also, you get cards, like so, new cards. Yeah. Mm. So when you when you pay for this, like it, the pre-release party, they give you booster packs. These are these things that help spice up your decks. Mm-hmm. But you have to, in this case, you have to make a deck out of them. Hmm. It's called a draft. Um. Not one of those drafts that the military does. No, or, the, or like a beer draft. Or like those thousand drafts that I use to write my songs. <laughs> <laughs> but what's the magic draft? What is it? Oh, so Magic the Gathering is a, a trading card game. Right, There's right. There's a few of them. Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, 
magic. I play two of those. Um, and a draft is... So the draft is, is like... So there's two different kinds. I'll explain the one that I had most recently because mm-hmm. it's the freshest in my mind. Yeah. So what we do, we got in these little pods. That's what they called them. Mine had like six or seven people in it. Seven people, including the judge. The judge was playing too. And one time I had to play him. <laughs> but I don't know how they can do that, be the judge and play, honestly. Especially when it comes to the prizes and stuff. <laughs> A little suspect. Though I've heard that like the computer does generate stuff. Look, so, like, there's this random prize that will computer generate. I'm assuming maybe he will just pass the prize on or something because he does work at the store, so it's not like... He might not be in it for that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so when you're in your pods, you everybody has three booster packs of 15 cards. And they, each person will take one card, will look at the, each person will look at all the cards and take which one they want. Who, who knows how to figure, figure out which card you want. It's usually, well, if you see a really, really powerful card that can deal a lot of damage or that's rare, you, you end up taking it. Even if you don't play in the draft. So you, so you take a card, pass it along, and everybody does the same thing. Without getting too specifics of how the passing works. Get into specifics, please, about how the passing works. Well, if you want to be read as the right gender, you know. Um. <laughs> oh, you were... Okay, that one I got more quickly. <laughs> that one wasn't what I was talking about. But the passing, you pass it along. When the first round, it goes to your right. And by right, I mean left. <laughs> I was like... For all of you who don't have video of this, which is basically everybody but Reggie and I, um, you go left first, and then you go right, and then you go left. And then um, you end up with 45 cards because you go. And then you pick. Well, you, can, you have to make a 40-card deck. And they'll give you mana, which is this energy. It's like, like you know how you need food and calories to do stuff? Mana is basically the calories of your spells, <laughs> um, and then like you have everything else. But yeah, it's a it's a fun game. Um, yeah, but the game I've been playing recently is Pokemon. I'm I'm a huge Pokemon nerd. <laughs> what platform are you playing it on? Well, that's the cool part. I have just. I um, started Pokemon when I was also ten, so like my brothers and I, we would just we would just play Pokemon Red and Blue and all that. Um, I didn't get Yellow for some reason, which is really disappointing because that one you get a Pikachu that walls around. <laughs> You're missing out on Pikachu. Yeah, I'm just glad that they're making a new platform. I'll get into that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, so. I so I've been playing the the video games. Um, so first it came out on Game Boy Color, which mm-hmm. I always call it Game Girl Color. <laughs> yeah, because I'm a colored game girl. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Why not? And um, so and then it was released to Game Boy Advance SP, and 
then like now I started being more gender neutral for it because I realized that gaming is not just for dudes. <laughs> In fact, there's, I think the thing about gaming, which is really interesting, is that like anybody of any gender plays. Like even quarterstaff games, which is where we do the magic drafts, they have like a gender inclusive restroom, which is really queer punk right there. Um, and um, so, yeah, the Pokemon platform, I play the video games a lot. Currently, I'm playing three different video games. It's kind of cool because I'm in different level, different places in each game. So one game I bought a while ago, then another one, you know, you just... So whichever game I've been playing the longest is the one with the furthest in, and vice versa. So, yeah. Those are all Pokemon games? Yeah, so a lot of times they on, started... On Game Girl? You, oh, oh. Do you still play on the Game Girl, or...? Uh, no, they actually um, released it on Nintendo DS. Okay. So I actually beat um, Pokemon Black the other day. Oh, wow, congratulations. So that was like, like a couple months ago. Awesome. Um, and that's when I started buying three more games. I need to control myself. Um, so I bought, <laughs> <laughs> as far as buying games goes, is it a bit of a habit? Well, yeah, <laughs> but um, you gotta know when to cut yourself off, but you also gotta know like how much you need in order to enjoy what you already have. So I bought Pokemon Ultra Moon. So after they did colors, they started going into celestial beings. I guess. What? Oh no. Sorry, there's Diamond and Pearl, but I missed that generation. You were into another game, perhaps? I actually was grieving over a friend that moved. So at Champlain College, when I, um, on a whim, decided to go there for a year, um, I um, made a friend who we played Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver. So we would either battle each other, or we would trade, and it was it was fun. So when that relationship ended, I I think um, it was also the time period where um, I had like another another bout of depression. <laughs> so it just didn't work. So I stopped playing until about like two or three months ago. Um, so that was. Oh, I also. Also, another reason for the long wait was because I didn't want to pay $180 for a gaming system. And then when I found out they were selling it for like $70, I was like, okay, this is a better deal. Sometimes in the gaming world, you should just wait. (laughs) I mean, you could get the top crazes, and that's preferable if you're like making money that way. But like if you're just playing with yourself. You mentioned something about um, there being like a signature gamer or like a signature gamer look. What do you think that is? What are you referring to there? I don't know. Well, I guess the first thing I'm going to do say is white <laughs> and men. <laughs> so that tends to be the, the general, that tends to be the look that I see a lot. I remember when I was at that magic tournament, I was, well, the first night I was a, one of two girls, but the other girl was a judge, <laughs> which is pretty cool. But, um, and, um, I think then have that t-shirt and like pants or like, like shorts. And then it's, it's also, 
it, what is interesting is what t-shirts people might have. Like sometimes they'll have a, sh- a shirt that has something on it that I get. I'm like, oh, I like your shirt. Um, I can't think of any ideas. Yeah. Like if I had a t-shirt, it'd probably have an Evie on it. <laughs> or a Sylveon. Um, but, um, and so there tends to be, it tends to be more part of a racial demographic as well as the gender demographic demographic um especially in such a rural place like vermont and then you'll go other places you'd be like girls boys black white gray um (laughs) you know so like yeah it can be it's a little daunting at sometimes to know that you're different already and especially when you're just getting back to it so they're like not only do I look different, I also play different. <laughs> so it's like that added layer of... It's like you have to try harder because you're different. And that's how you get respect a lot of times. It's, it's a weird truth that I've learned in my life, in a lot of areas, actually. You have to try harder because you're different? Mm-hmm. We are at the Pride Center right now, and you've done some work in the Pride Center in the past, right? Or is it also in the current, too? Oh, I still do. I'm just not doing the same thing I usually do, used to do. What, um, what do you do for the Pride Center? I Currently, I do the printed calendar. So we have this little calendar that has all of our Pride Center events, and I basically take it from the online site, and I make a printed version of it on the computer. There's probably a better way to better system of doing that, and I should probably work on that system or something. You know, like making it so that the calendar is just printable as it is, but their system works a certain way. Um, and the printed calendar only has events that are like we host that are like um, either like at this specific center. So I think that's why I have to go through it as well. So I, I pick and choose the events that need to go on the calendar. I also um, um, work on the library, so we're doing this new project where we're trying... We have a lot of books, we do, and we're trying to, as librarians call, weed through them, and um, and then we can weed whack the ones we don't need. <laughs> weed whack. <laughs> I was going to make a marijuana joke, but I decided not to, because that's just... Too stereotypical. Um, <laughs> and um, so, yeah, so we're doing that. That's, and I'm part of that team. Before that, I used to do the front desk, like, all the time. So I was um, the front desk, basically, you greet everybody. And that got a little too much for me. It was, it's very socially demanding, especially when you're, more of the in- an introvert and you're just like you can do it and probably do it pretty well but I'm gonna get tired and that tiredness is what I couldn't recuperate from after a while so I just I uh, I stopped and the other thing I totally forgot which is probably my biggest role here at the Bragg Center is I'm on the pride committee and this is 
not to be confused with Pride Ver- the Pride Center in Vermont and Pride Vermont. I, we need to change the names of some of those. <laughs> when it was RUN2 and Pride Community, it was a little better. <laughs> easier to differentiate. E- yeah, easier to differentiate. Like, are you 12? No, I'm not. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, well, why don't you help us differentiate that now here between... So, Pride, the Pride Center of Vermont mm-hmm. is the organization itself. So it's Safe Space um, and um, Health and Wellness. Which includes glam, um, and like a lot. Of, actually, they're very expansive now. Um, and then there's Pride Vermont, which is basically it's, it's only active like for part of the year because we start planning in like March or April or something around that, and that's where we start getting all of our donors. And the stuff that Pride Vermont does is. Um, we deal with stuff to do the Pride Festival that we do every year. And they're technically separate organizations. Right. So, like, whenever there's a legal thing that, like, the Pride Center can't, Pride Center Vermont can't do, like, it doesn't necessarily mean that the Pride Vermont can't do it. They are not the same. No. No. <laughs> when will um, the Pride Parade be this year? The Pride Parade is on September 8th. Nice. Cause if, if that's a Saturday, let me just look it up. <laughs> and yep, it's also the same day that iCarly. Um, it's the eleventh anniversary of that show. I just know that because I looked at my calendar. <laughs> Do you get iCarly Google alerts? Um, no, I, sometimes I just take things or like people and like if they have a birthday or anniversary, I just stick it in my phone as a contact. <laughs> like when, um, Celine Dion had a birthday, I had that in my calendar so that karaoke night I did all Celine Dion songs. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you want to talk more about um, karaoke because I know you are a big fan well there's not much to talk about lately because um, I'm not going as much um, because it's it's costly Mm. and like but it's not like if I was like paying for the specific karaoke I might I might do that but you're not paying for karaoke you're paying for a drink Mm mm-hmm and I don't drink that often. Um, I mean, I might drink strate- strategically, like if I'm having trouble sleeping. Um, but not if I'm depressed, because that's just counterproductive. <laughs> um, so, um, and that leaves sodas that they sell. Mm. And I used to drink um, Diet Pepsi when I was there because it was caffeine and didn't have Diet Coke. I'd always be telling them, like, what? did you give me diet? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, and I keep forgetting that the reason why it tastes funny is because it's Diet Pepsi, not Diet Coke. <laughs> I'm one of those people that can tell the difference. Also, a biggest, the biggest difference, and this is actually new information to me and something I've discovered recently is that diet pepsi is not vegan go on so 
I was doing some research to because I'm starting to be more strict about my vegan like diet that I have been on since I was 16. Um, and um, I'm in my 20s, hint, hint. Um, <laughs> so um, I remember reading online, I'm like, Diet Coke. I was like, it's Diet Coke vegan because that's the one I cared about because it's the one I drank all the time. It is. Okay. Who, like, and also, and for some reason, even though Diet Pepsi doesn't actually have an ingredient listed on it that specifically um, says it's vegan or not, it isn't. I guess, like, I've always felt weird about when, like, things say artificial and natural flavorings. It doesn't say what those are. But apparently, the DEA doesn't give a crap. <laughs> Which is D- stupid. DEA or so, FDA? FDA. Yep. <laughs> Can we edit that out? <laughs> apparently the FDA. The, apparently the FDA doesn't really care. Um. So um, I should write a petition to them. That'd be a fun project. Um. To like ask for more clarification with labels, especially when it like. Like I think there's some, there's some, some Coke products like not more obscure ones that are not even vegetarian. And this is on Coca-Cola's website. <laughs> They're upfront about that. Yeah. yeah well, that's I'm like, good. And this is the thing about Diet Pepsi, which is the problem, is that theirs, they are not transparent. They say it's not vegan. They're upfront about that. But, but they don't say what it is. Yeah. Interesting. What to make of that? Yeah, I mean, I didn't like it in the first place, but I did drink it. Now I have to make a confession. I'm a Pepsi person. I am clearly not concerned about um, being (laughs) vegan, or at least (laughs) that much. Um, But yeah, if I had to pick one, I'm one of those strange Pepsi people. Do you think we can still be friends? Um, um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, yeah, so because not being a friend to someone just because they're different is kind of the reason why we have this podcast. It's whack. <laughs> so wow. Um, so there's like a financial barrier to you getting to do karaoke as much as you want to. Um, not a big one. The biggest barrier is actually because. I mean, it like seem it when I'm around like my best friends, but like this whole idea of like introversion is actually it's tolling, and to um, be at karaoke for even two hours, like sometimes like by the like the third hour, I'll be tired and I'll be just like either like sometimes when I'm tired, like I overexert energy, and then to the point where I just can't move anymore. It's almost like it's like this fight or flight response. Like if you can't use your regular energy, then you use, I think, adrenaline maybe. I don't know how that works. It's probably how it works. So running on that is not healthy. Also, it's at 10 o'clock. 10 to 2. So it's, it's, so the reason why I was able to do it for so long is because it's at least in my most energetic part of the day. Nighttime. Um... Um, since I've started school, I've been cutting back. So, um, 
I'll probably go next week. I didn't go this week because I was at a magic tournament. <laughs> well, that's a good excuse. Um, but yeah, so sometimes I'll just, if I'm like, if I'm tired, I'll just go home. Like that's my new policy. That's but, sensible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not there to make friends. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people there already. Like I'm cut off. I don't want to make more friends than I can like commit to. Cause I don't want to, cause it's, I, I, I don't think I show enough attention to the friends I currently have. Cause it can be kind of neglectful because well, some, some reasons maybe they moved or maybe they're not easy to contact or, um, they're in Canada. Um, that would actually was real. I wasn't just making that up. <laughs> some people are in Canada. I have a friend who goes to Canada all the time because she has um, a girlfriend that lives there. So yeah, <laughs> we're not too far away. No. Do you ever go up to Montreal or Canada or anything? Last time I was in Montreal was I was not a teenager. I was younger. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I think yeah. So you're overdue. I'm good. <laughs> I mean, it might be just me, but I kind of want to go to Mexico. <laughs> okay. Out of all the North American, because it's the one I haven't been to. and um, I haven't either. Although, um, there's still a lot of places in the U.S. that I would like to see. Such as? Um, well, I went to Boston, so that's, cut, that's checked. <laughs> um, I want to go to um, Nashville is one of them. Mm. Why Nashville? Country music. It'd be awesome to see Carrie Underwood. <laughs> Our American Idol. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, that's one place. Um, somewhere in California, probably San Francisco, because it tends to be where, like, everybody, like everybody who I know that leaves to go to California is basically going to San Fran. <laughs> I'll be sure to wear some flowers in my hair. Kudos if you get the joke. <laughs> um, and I'm going to avoid Portland, Oregon, like the plague, because that's where my biological mother is. <laughs> that's where I was born. Um, oh, okay. But yeah. I might go to Salem. <laughs> Oregon? Or, oh, okay. You meant the like the witch one? Actually, both. Yeah, it'd be interesting. It would just, yeah. Well, the thing I know about Salem, Massachusetts, is that like the Salem witch trials, which were like, I don't know if that was before, like we were like the United States of America. Or it I was, was like, yeah, it was. Yeah. That was in the um, 1600s. Uh, so yeah. by about 150 years, I think they were hunting witches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them weren't witches. I mean, I don't think any of them were. They were just women. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are people that study witchcraft, the Wiccan, but they can't do the things that those people were accused of. <laughs> do you, do you ever, um, are you Wiccan? Do you ever study? Um, long story short, I don't know. I, um, my religion is like up in the air. It's, I feel like it's too restrictive to choose a religion. So I kind of like cut and 
paste from different religions. And I feel like sometimes in this case, I'm too smart for my own good. So like, I, I feel like sometimes religion like tries to soften the blow of certain things about life. And I just can't forget these things. It's like my whole, ex- that's why I'm like often in an existential crisis. <laughs> I wonder how many atheists are in a, uh, existential crisis for that reason because <laughs> like I don't believe anything specifically happens when you're dead because I don't have any evidence <laughs> I'm not just gonna like believe for the sake of believing <laughs> um, but but it would be nice to um, you know know <laughs> the, only, the only way to do that is to live through it Right. <laughs> we are getting very existential, very philosophical, very metaphysical. Um, but yeah, that just reminds me that um, Karl Marx said religion was the uh, opioid for the masses, right? I don't know what that means. <laughs> I think it means that, um, uh, well, Karl Marx is um, anti-capitalist. Uh, and he believed that religion was the way that, like the the ruling class, um, manipulated the people, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, it's interesting how much power religion can actually have once it grows, and and that's like, this is actually something that China recognizes like a lot, although the way they go about it is not always ideal. Um. Like for instance, the Catholic Church has so much power. They 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 have not only power, but they also have um, a giant following. But not everybody's Christian. So even though America has this freedom of religion, honestly, it doesn't stop the fact that like Christianity can also like um, influence laws such as gay marriage or. Um, which, by the way, the Bible doesn't, as far as I know. Oh, maybe it does. Okay, cut that out. Um, <laughs> um, so, what I'm. So, the separation of church and state. Um, like, I know, like, somebody I know got, like, kicked out of a homeless shelter because they were trans. And this is a homeless shelter that had it was attached to Christian ideals, so they could. Where was this? Which is stupid because if I, it was actually a, a shelter that's no longer there, Burlington Emergency Shelter. I'm not going to name names just to protect their confidentiality, but that's just one example. Also, I don't the as far as I know, the Bible talks about homosexuality, but it doesn't say anything about trans. I don't know if that was a concept back then. (laughs) But also the Bible specifically promotes love and um, respect for your fellow neighbor, regardless of whether they're a sinner or not, because it's just implied that everybody is. (laughs) So that's the, that's one of the problems I have with Christianity because the, some of the people will contradict their own faith and use their, their religion as an excuse 
to be hateful, which, yeah, it's just annoying. <laughs> it's enorm- It's annoying and it's um, harmful. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's what God had in mind when he, <laughs> that's his job, according to your shitty. That's or her God's job. job. Or their job. Or his job. We won't debate that right now. No, no, no. There, because Christianity is actually more of my faith than the other ones. Mm-hmm. Because that's how I was raised, and that's where I got in the community. So I, I do like to follow the teachings of genius. Of, yeah, I do. <laughs> um, I like to follow the teachings of Christianity because I think that's um, what we should be learning from religion. Um, it's just what's actually going to help us become a better society or something like that. So... You you mentioned um, having atheist beliefs, but also um, feeling tied to Christianity, like the messages of Christianity. Yeah, it's it's one of those confusing situations. No, it's not. That isn't too confusing to me. One of the priests, or not priest, um, minister, because it's not a Catholic church. Um, this is actually the church that I go to and the one that um, I'm performing at. Oh, which church is that again? First Congregational Church. In Burlington? Mm-hmm. What's, where is it? South Winooski Avenue. Oh, okay. Near the right aid, yo. <laughs> Let me write that down, yes. Now, what were you saying about the church? Sorry. So, um, there's one of the, the minister was actually talking about a lot of the stories in, like, like each week. She was, like, ask if, if this is an allegory or not. And a lot of them were. <laughs> Bible stories? Yeah. To, uh, like, I like the way, like, she actually explained a lot of things um it's a very it's a lutheran church i mm-hmm. think is how you would describe it yeah i was raised lutheran yeah yeah um so i don't know what i was raised as i think i, I might have switched <laughs> it <laughs> because happens. it just happened to be where my community was and i couldn't find the old church i um noticed that uh you referred to god as him and i just wondered how you felt about god being gendered like at all you going to talk about gender or do you want to talk about God being gendered? Everything. <laughs> but, but, but no, I just... I, I think God is he because that's what the Bible says. And that is basically the, who talks about the Bible. That's where we get what we know about it. <laughs> from men? From the Bible. Right. And in the Bible, it's uh, God is referred to as he. Yes. And but how do you feel about that in relation to the patriarchal system of like government and um, who controls religion and businesses and things like that? How do you feel like it? That's why God's man. It's I mean, <laughs> well, I mean you, you. If God was a woman, there'd be a better, it'd be a better world. Um. <laughs> but you see how it's all connected, though, right? Like you know, men. It apparently like or the version that we're fed men apparently wrote the bible and therefore but yeah I god mean, is reflected in i feel like reflecting um saying that god is in the bible is a woman would kind of negate a lot of stuff that's specifically said in the bible about sex really um i honestly in my personal opinion think that gender is kind of fake mm-hmm. it really is mm-hmm and like, um, so since women will have certain traits, 
this is men who traits. Sometimes they're like the typical male trait. Sometimes the typical female trait. But usually they're not. Usually we're all a mixture. Um, and like, I think this is why I don't really give a lot of thought as to whether like certain beings that we can neither confirm or deny are male or female because I don't think that matters. I run the risk of sounding transphobic here, but like, what's in your pant? Uh, what the? Oh, I forget how to. I come up with this concept all the time, but um, so I don't think what, what the sex you're born as is actually an indicator of who you are. So, I mean that in like. Gender is a form of expression, <laughs> and I think it always has been. Um, a lot of times, attributing to basically what people have already attributed to these things as well. And I think also gender is relatively new because I think um, a while ago people didn't think about there being a difference. Um, so I think that's. A good example is like I don't remember talking about it at all in schools. Like there was never like any conversation about like what is gender. The first time I talked about it was when I was like twelve, but I've already been alive for eleven years, and that was a very like elementary explanation, like way different than what we know now about gender. And um, I think that we should focus more on like the human being and like like who. Like you're meeting a friend, like, oh, okay. Also, the way like attraction works is like a lot of times we're not, based on what I've, I've noticed, is that we're not attracted on to someone's sex per se. A lot of times we are attracted to how they present. So, obviously, being asexual, I'm speaking as an observer on this one. Um, <laughs> like, I'll know, um, I'm not going to talk about bisexual and pansexuality right now because these ones are like kind of negate the whole gender idea because a lot of people who are pansexual don't are not attracted to a specific gender. So like um, straight people, like actually this is a common one, um, like straight men will be attracted to women, but sometimes they'll end up being attracted to a trans woman and um, they might not know. However, sometimes in these situations, depending on the person, they'll be turned off by knowing that that person was born a man. It's, and this is the concept of gender and sex that, like, I don't, I don't like or understand one of those words, but it's, it's, it's too confusing. Because <laughs> a lot, a lot, of, a lot of this stuff about gender and sexuality is just speculation, which annoys me. I like things that have an answer. But people <laughs> really, you know, live by these codes these gendered codes yeah so it, it's real to them yeah and that sort of makes it real for us mm-hmm. exactly and that's why i think about it all the time because <laughs> it's navigation it's understanding and respecting like there was a time that i didn't understand gender neutral now i do as much as someone who's not gender neutral can um and so like but that didn't that didn't make me misgender those people, like ostracize those people or like 
be an asshole for any particular reason. Like you just, just because you don't understand something doesn't mean you need to be hateful. Like, and also I would be like, I might not understand why they use pronouns they do, but I will be the first one to correct you if you use your pronouns wrong. If they, Because sometimes it can just be hard to correct people. Like when people like, let's say they call me, um, I've gone by different modifications of my name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, let's say someone comes, says the wrong one. Sometimes I might not always correct them because it can just be exhausting. <laughs> Um, so that's, I think that's why I think it's good to be a good ally and stick up for people when you can. Like, no, no, they previously said the pronouns are this. Right. Um, it doesn't matter if you understand, it's them. Like, I don't understand why we need to use gender neutral terms for like flight attendants, but. What do you mean? Like, sometimes people were used stewardess and like, um, like let's say someone is a female flight attendant and you call them stewardess or like steward um i don't understand why there needs to be a difference i think basically i think it's just because of the way i've previously like said how i view gender um but i will still use the word flight attendant because that's respectful and that is the overall point and i think a lot of people who are trying i think that's the hard part is trying to aside your own beliefs and still be respectful to people regardless of how you feel about a certain thing and I think it's a really hard lesson for some people to learn yeah yeah and I think and that's unfortunate because the world is moving on (laughs) without them and I think those are um, uh, basically a lot of the folks that we see in viral videos lately that you know what I mean are um harassing people of color or harassing, you know, queer folks in public and getting caught like on someone's cell phone and basically being, I mean, socially shamed, fired in some cases. And I think it's just like a rude awakening for people who are, well, it's more than just being uncomfortable with differences. It's, you know, attacking people because of differences. But I think that what we're seeing is a lot of people feeling the retribution for that mm-hmm. because it's being made public and um, people aren't ha- having it anymore. No, we're not. <laughs> oh, there was something I was going to say about. Yeah. A lot of times there's this talk about intent versus impact. Yeah. And a lot of people say that it's not about intent, it's about impact. And I'm, I learned, I was talking about this at Outright Vermont when I was a youth there. And I'm like, yeah, it does matter how you make people feel, but it also matters where the person is coming from. So let's say someone is being, like, for instance, as a black person, sometimes I'm asked, like, the most, like, racially, like, specific questions. Such as? Like, some stranger off the street would be like, is that a, is that a weave? Because they're like, what do I know about black people? What do I know? Oh! <laughs> I'm like... And there's, like, some people who will just, like, walk by you and say, um, I'm not going to say this online or <laughs> the N-word to you because they literally just hate you. They're not trying. They're not. And then the difference between these two cases is that one person may not be trying to be hateful. The other person totally is. And I think the people that we're trying to reach in activism, because they're the only people we're trying to, we can probably even get to it at all, is the people who want to understand 
and who are trying regardless of how bad they're failing. <laughs> this is like the com- combination of like um, oh, what's that? rehabilitation or something in a certain sense of like um, learning. So like some a lot of I think this is why they call it ignorance. Some of it is ignorance in the world, and some of it is just plain old hatred. It's hard to reason with hatred. Um, and that's why I usually don't promote, like, sassy comebacks. Because if you just let it go, then you, you just you just let it go, and you don't continue the conversation. If you respond to a hate comment, it creates another hate comment. If you respond to that, it creates another one. I learned that on YouTube <laughs> from reading comments. <laughs> um, but um, so this is like a lot of times like my, my friends will be on Facebook and they'll um, this is actually why I'm getting rid of Facebook, Facebook soon because it's triggering to me is that like the people will talk about like um, the truths of like certain demographics like what like is true about asexual what is true about like um survivors what it means to be black you know like all this stuff and not necessarily coming from the perspective of that group someone within that group but an outsider perspective um a lot of times i see both okay go on although it is weird to like have like someone who's white tell you what it means to be black weird or common (laughs) it's common like i understand that you might it's preaching to the choir on a whole new level and such a whole new level. They made up a term for it. <laughs> There's definitely a term for it. I think it's called white privilege and white supremacy. White explaining. Yes. Right. <laughs> there you go. Um, so sometimes that happens, but I think the, what I was getting at earlier is that like, I think the point of this is to educate the, their other friends on Facebook who are trying to be better, mm. who are not always, making good decisions when it comes to oh so you're i i didn't understand i think but you're in favor of some of these facebook posts you see that talk about truth in regard to different groups i mean i'm in favor of the concept i'm not in favor of it being in my news feed every day <laughs> like that, you don't that, need you don't need to see these things because yeah. you already know them yeah but they're for people who potentially would be allies right yeah and it and it I think it can be triggering if you're in those communities because then it's just like you're just trying to live your life, do your job, go to work, and then you um, you're reminded that like, oh yeah, some people can be hateful. <laughs> you're like, I'm like not always understood. Like it can have a dual effect because you already know the thing, so you're like, okay, so you're looking past that part. You're like, I don't know. Um, but I prefer to have my act- activism be like in an educational format like when the prize header does like certain events like the disability group like we talk about the disability with the lgbt community or i'm part of that group (laughs) um or at me too orchestra me too orchestra is an orchestra i'm in me too orchestra is a, a non-profit organization that um helps um, people with um, substance abuse or mental um, well, mental health diagnosis and and so like promotes a stigma free environment for musicians with you know diagnosis and some that don't so like the, pe- the people 
in our orchestra that don't have a diagnosis are usually like in the community that like help a lot of the people that are on like it's their job like we have some people there in law we have doctors therapists um musicians like like teachers um and then we have you know other people like like me who play an instrument and struggle with depression or anxiety um so yeah that that's that orchestra so and a lot of times when we're at a concert we um people from the group will talk about their story and like that's a certain platform i was talking about like where people when you're you know it's coming and you're like you want to learn more about what it's like to live with a diagnosis and like what it actually really means that's different than that whole stigma free yeah it's different than seeing it come across your facebook feed yeah because you're putting the energy where it's needed and it's less unexpected and you're probably going to listen <laughs> like a lot of times unless i see something that looks interesting like um an eevee or um Set of moons. I don't know. Well, like if something interesting comes in my big feed, I'll look at that. I'm more likely to read that than some message about like a PSA announcement. <laughs> and and it just gets back to the idea that um, a lot of things that um, are put on Facebook by people who would consider themselves allies um, meant to spread awareness about different things. It's really for people who don't deal with those things. It's for, it's for people who are privileged. And, um, I think the idea sometimes in an ally's mind is that they will, um, post a PSA, right. Mm -hmm. Um, to, to bring about awareness, right. To an issue that people who are of the identity that, that, you know, PSA is about don't really need to hear, but will inevitably hear and will inevitably come across their newsfeed and might not be helpful at all to them. Yeah. Because. You know, it can be triggering. It can be like a reminder or just a constant downer. <laughs> a lot of, like, um, when I was um, working on self-diagnosis with autism, I did a lot of research. So, and um, one thing that was accessible to me was, like, people would do specific YouTubes about certain things. Like, they'll specifically talk about what it means to be, like, that's easy. That's just a simple search. You want to learn and like, oh, there's someone that can learn all about it. Um, but yeah, so sometimes like YouTubers will talk about this stuff. And that these are things you're seeking out, though. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, so I mean, like, if you want to learn, you can't just stay at home in a box. That's true. <laughs> or your um, mansion. Where? Because a lot of privileged people are. <laughs> Whatever the case may be. You know, it's also interesting about privileged people is sometimes people who are privileged will be privileged, privileged in some areas, but totally not in other places. Go on. Like, you can be a rich gay person. Do, do you want to talk about, <laughs> though, how if you are a rich gay person, how the, the privilege of being rich sort of, at least in some people's mind, melts away some of the disadvantages of being gay in society. Like Ellen? 
Like well, Ellen. Like Ellen nowadays. Let's, Back then, it was a little weird. <laughs> let's, let's talk about Ellen for a minute. Why, why don't Why don't we use Ellen as an example? What do you How do you feel about Ellen? Well, it helps that Ellen's a really cool person. <laughs> um, and um, that also, I think um, it's kind of like this thing that you have to stay in the closet until you're like, okay, I'm settled down. I have more than I need. Now I can come out. <laughs> do you th- was that Ellen's path? Do you think? Or? I don't know if it was an intentional one. Yeah, I mean, everyone's on their own journey. Yeah, right. But it's definitely clear that it's easier to navigate as um, a person who's straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I like to call myself straight passing. <laughs> So, France just won the World Cup. I don't know if um, you're following soccer. World but Cup for what? <laughs> for oh, soccer. soccer. Okay. Yeah. Um, and do you, do you follow soccer? Or is that something that you're interested in at all? You mean football? Yes, I mean football. Yes. <laughs> no, I don't follow it. Well, I'm a figure skater. A soccer team comprised mostly of African immigrants in France, or the children of immigrants um, just gave them the World Cup and the sort of there's a I'm really thinking about Twitter and stuff and the people that I follow there's sort of a question now how does France reconcile that the fact that you know there's such deep hatred towards these uh, communities but yet they're like delivering for them in this major major global way Thoughts. I I tend not to comment on things I don't know about <laughs> because I think the last time I did that well, I was just like, oh, I feel this way. Oh, no, I feel this way though. What I mean, if, I you're allowed to word. change your mind, absolutely. But I don't, I don't know. It's too confusing. I didn't care less about it. No. Uh, <laughs> Although, in some cases, like, being a little, care, like, not caring about... Something I don't care about, the bad things that happen in this world, is that sometimes it takes a lot of energy to care, and it can be exhausting, especially when you can't do anything. Well, you can't do a lot. Like, kind of makes me, it kind of reminds me back to my childhood, you know, therapists will talk about, like, a lot of problems in your adulthood or when you're a kid. Like, a lot of times my sisters would have, like, some seizures with the house, devil medical conditions, and I'd want to help, but I can't do anything because I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> so it's just a little agonizing to um, um, know about these things. It's kind of... You try not to worry about things you can't control. Yeah. That's smart. I mean, I'm assuming there's a lot of people out there that have power, and I encourage that if you do have power to do something... <laughs> Denial. That's another coping strategy. Denying the fact that things happen in the world. <laughs> in some cases, it's really selfish, but yeah, you kind of have to be sometimes. But I think it goes back to the point that, like, I think this is why I don't like to watch the news because I'm just tired of. Like, do you have, can you report any cool stuff, like fun stuff that happened in the world? Like, um,. Person discovers a new element to the periodic table. I'm like, 
that would be sweet. Or like, um, we just discovered a new Grand Canyon or something. I don't know. That would be sweet. Like something cool that I can go like visit. That'd be hard to discover unless it was underwater, though. A lot of things are hard. So, you mentioned that you were in a history of China and Japan class. Do you want to chat about that for a bit? We didn't do it on air, though. Hmm? We didn't do it on air. What? We didn't mention it on air. No, we didn't, but it was mentioned. Uh, no one has to know anything about anything. I, I think it's assumed that there was a prior conversation. So wait, is that oh, it? yeah, a lot of interviews do do that. Maybe, but maybe like I've right. heard Jimmy Fallon do that all the time. Yeah, yeah, right. And it's like they didn't just say I that. I love Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> you do, yeah. He He's, and Ariana Grande like are just like. I feel like they're just like besties almost. <laughs> they might run in the same circles. You could be right. We started in like, like early BCE. I had to ask my teacher what BCE meant. <laughs> So I, at first I was feeling a little like upset about or a little like embarrassed about asking questions but I'm like you know what if he gives me shit then he's not a good teacher <laughs> um, so um, a lot, well, we, we learn about different technologies also what counts as a technology like apparently writing is a technology um, pottery goes on technology bronzing um agriculture it's interesting when like a lot of these technologies became there there was like it started that separation of class like before agriculture people just were like like before they like started like specifically like mass producing like rice and grains and millet and all that they um which is people were just like you know hunting and gathering that was their that was that was early china it wasn't called China. <laughs> um, China's a relatively new term, actually, by Mao Zedong, I'm assuming, based on what I know. Um, but, um, yeah. It makes, it makes me think about, like, how capitalism started to be a thing. Like, it's, it's basically capitalism. <laughs> Like, people get good at something and they make money at it. Um, uh, or, like, if those who can write. Like, like for instance, like, when eventually China, I think it was the Tang Dynasty, where um, they started having this test where, they, where like, everybody could, anybody could take. That's kind of like, but there's a stipulation. You have to know how to read and write. <laughs> so um, everybody can take this and if they best and if they score a certain amount then they can run for office also that was the only way to run for office taking that test yeah mm-hmm. so yeah that can create like class differences as well but, so that's what we're learning we're learning about like there's a lot of information like each quiz each like little quiz that we take we have to like write a response to what the question is and it's like almost different every week sounds pretty rigorous mm-hmm. it's an online class too so 
How do you like uh, taking online classes versus IRL classes? I, I, well, it's interesting. I don't know. I feel like it's either or. I'm taking the online class because I was really sp- originally supposed to work during the time that the other class was that I wanted to take, and then I actually, then I stopped working because <laughs> I was just I had another job, and so, um, but um, it, on one hand, online class can work as in like. Let's say the lecture, you miss something. Rewind, rewind online. In life, you just be like, what did the teacher say? <laughs> However, it can be hard to like figure out what time you're actually going to like read the material or watch it. Because he posted a video of his lecture. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, yeah, in real life, you can just... You could you have a specific time that you have to be there. Mm-hmm. So and I kind of like liked that about real classes, which is why I usually do real classes unless I can help it. You like the structure, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, although I said to create your own structure, <laughs> but like it's actually easier to commit to going to a class on time than it is to commit to. What part of my whole day can I pick? Carving out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why that's the case, but it is. Um, oh, and also the teachers are on campus then. So you can be like, like when I was taking Chinese 1 and 2, I would just be like, I would literally meet my teacher every week during our office hours, especially if it was a test week. That's awesome. I mean, it's... it's uh definitely a benefit of mm-hmm. taking classes and then she helped me i'm like i'm having trouble with this character can you know so we'd work on it or like if i have a question on the homework if i don't get something then that's how that would work like the, the, like you're paying a lot of money for college and they give you a lot of resources use them <laughs> word to the wise Word from the wise. I always well. wondered why is it word to the wise. Well, you're wise if you choose to listen to it. Um, um I need a whole beard because that's what wisdom is: is beards. No, I don't think like so. I, or... <laughs> I definitely would not equate having a beard with being wise. In 2018, Gandalf is a different story. And uh, Reggie, do you um, rock the beard? I mean, you've seen pictures, right? (laughs) Okay, can I just ask? No. What does black and brown queer culture in Vermont look like to you? So, it's, you know how like on Easter, you have you like people put all these eggs up to like you have to go find them, uh, like an Easter egg hunt. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's kind of how I feel <laughs> because it's easy to tell when someone's of color because you know the color shows. <laughs> it's not easy to tell if someone's um like queer. Mm. In mm. fact, there's there's this whole gaydar, bidar, trandar, whatever. But I think those are just myths. Mm-hmm. My gaydar is if if someone told me they're gay and I'm <laughs> then then you're gay. <laughs> <off. Okay>. uh-huh. <laughs> it's like a level one gaydar. It's like it's like standard is true. You get upgrades as as 
you've learned how to assume. Um, <laughs> I haven't gotten my upgrade because I don't. But anyway, so um, and um, so the other part of that is there's only in my life the most queer part of my life is the Pride Center. Put a lot of hours into this place because we're here right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so like a couple groups, I can talk about demographics with a group without doing confidentiality. Um, so the one group I'm in, there's two people that I know of who are color and queer. And one of them's a facilitator and the other one's me. <laughs> so, like I said, Easter Hagan. Um, Few and far between folks are, is that what you mean? Yeah. And then like um, other places where being more, well, there is a, um, or there was, I haven't heard about the events in a while like this club that's like um oh, I can remember. P- uh cutie pock mm-hmm. queer and trans people of color mm-hmm. and there's a lot of people there that mm-hmm. one. they're not all brown but a lot of them are but like there's just random people that you know that are from various spaces and you're just like but it's interesting because you, you don't, they don't always run in the same circles unless mm-hmm. it's that specific event. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think we just need either more unity in that regards. More cutie pock events like through the Pride Center? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or just... Um, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think what also what I was saying about like not knowing is the other thing. Right, so <laughs> color shows... So maybe um, it's easier to see people in that group who you could find affinity with versus if you're queer, it might be harder to like look around and immediately be able to like connect with someone in that way, mm-hmm. like, like feel that you're of the same group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I so- want to start wearing different like, like an obvious paraphernalia like the asexual flag has like certain colors like black gray purple black no black gray purple white <laughs> um so like maybe i'll like wear one of those so like if anybody who knows what it is like can point it out, i'm like oh. and then like gotcha <laughs> that's an idea that's, that's an what idea i'm doing for, for sure. that's totally what i'm doing for pride <laughs> all right um I'll be there. Um, I'll be there. <laughs> when do you feel most, or when did you last feel browning out? Like, and and wh- what does that mean to you? I guess. I don't know, cause um, I feel like when I'm, it's, I think it's more of a place, like at the Pride Center. Like you're just brown you're just queer whatever way you are you feel like this space is a place where people can feel at ease in their identities and they've also one of the things that is actually newer that i've noticed is there also is a more um like even though it's an lgbt organization like they'll still like promote other they'll also talk about other Minorities, such as you know, being brown, like they'll talk about being respectful to those 
Um, so people in those demographics. Being inclusive and intersectional is a major. Yeah. Because let's face it, not everybody. Everybody that's queer is different. <laughs> or, yeah. So it's important to remember that um, even when you're at an LGBTQ space, that um, there isn't just one type of L or G or B or T or Q, and that um, we should always be mindful and respectful of everyone's identities. Is there anything else we're leaving out that you would feel bummed out if we didn't mention? You were talking about the games I play. Uh-huh. Um, the other one is Pokemon trading card game. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the Pokemon trading card game that I play is... I actually just started getting into it on Thursday of this week. It's Sunday. And I think that's actually one of the reasons why I didn't go to karaoke this weekend, because I was playing it online. I've gotten pretty good. <laughs> Got some pretty good cards. Um, it's actually the online game is kind of cool because you don't actually pay anything. It's actually it's free. Also, when you buy a deck in real life, you can like exchange it for the same thing on the game. <laughs> actually, I think I have more cards online than I do in real life, but it's. it's free <laughs> i feel like unlike some things like magic magic doesn't have that type of online trading card thing they have an online playing thing but you have to buy the cards individually digitally it's monetized yeah yeah like, yeah this one is too like you can buy coins you can yeah mm-hmm. i think i think the reason why pokemon can do that is because they've been around since i think it's 1997 mm-hmm. i'm gonna google this how nerdy i am and if Pokemon came out in that year, then I'm officially a nerd. Officially. And for that reason only. Oh, it's a year off. Can you just say that I said 1996? I knew it was either 6 or 7, but I said 97. That's fine. <laughs> we, can t- yeah. we can take that out in post-production. That's fine. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's... I think that's what they can afford to um, have free. Also, this Pokemon Go, it actually does concern me how irresponsible players can be. Tell me more. So, like, they actually have to talk about people playing Pokemon Go while they're driving. While they're, like, on the game, it specifically says, do not play Pokemon Go while driving. As if that were necessary. Also, no trespassing while playing Pokemon Go. Because it's, but I don't think that Pokemon should be liable for people's unfortunate decisions. You don't think Pokemon and the makers should be responsible for Pokemon Go fatalities? No. I mean, like, it's, it's, it's all common. It's like the same, like when somebody's texting. And driving. Yeah. Or texting and walking. Is is that Apple's fault? No. <laughs> and, the, and it's definitely not their fault when they say it. Unless that the, and you like you can't play Pokemon Go without responding to the thing that says "Do not pl- play Pokemon Go while driving." Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that is that a, a danger for you? Then is that is that something that 
<laughs> no, it's actually can be annoying because I don't drive. Uh-huh. So it's constant worrying about. Yeah, something you don't even do. But it's also like in a world that's so busy, it's actually kind of interesting how such a game became so popular. Because I think this is exactly why people play Pokemon Go while they're driving or while they're walking, like a place. And I think that's because um, that's the only time they can play it. <laughs> For a lot of people. Like, I might, I like, I don't play that often, actually. Um, because it's, compared to the video games that came out previously, it's boring. <laughs> wow. Compared. That's a, but bo- that's a bold statement. I'm actually really excited to for this Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee because it literally like solves a problem, every problem I have with Pokemon Go. Oh, yeah? So it's like, you, they got gyms. You can play other, you can fight against other people in Pokemon. And um, you don't have to play it while walking. Like, you, you don't have to be walking everywhere to play it. Oh, like Pokemon Go, where you have to be physically in a location to yeah. collect certain Pokemon, right? Yeah. And that can be difficult, especially with people with limited transportation needs. I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's why they have you buy coins in the game, so that you can speed up the game. <gasps> I just broke Pokemon's code. <laughs> but I'm not surprised. You have to be an expert after all this time, right? Yeah. I think you that's literally how you win the game. All right. Is there anything else that you would like to add? I think I'm all about all out of questions. I think just remember to um, be yourself and have fun. Thank you very much for being on Brown and Out today. Zaijian.